Can the Los Angeles Kings hop up and take one of the final playoff spots in the Pacific Division? And what do the Kings need to do in order to try to stop Kirill Kaprizov in the first matchup of the season between these two teams? Find out today on our special Locked On crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Kings. Your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to a special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Wild and Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. And just a reminder that both shows are free and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On LA Kings, we take a look at some of the big off-season stories to recap the off-season from both perspectives and get us ready for the start of the season with a matchup looming between both of these teams on Saturday. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked On Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, ready for my first full season of Locked On Wild coverage. Happy to be here and happy to have my guest for today, host of Locked On LA Kings, Sarah Avampato. Sarah, welcome. How are things going? Well, you know, hockey's back and it's meaningful games again. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I, I can't wait. The uh, the production so far with the shift from NBC to ESPN and TNT has been sensational. Yeah. And uh, just been a real treat to have games back every night so that I'm not just uh, thumbing through Netflix trying to find uh, something to watch. Squid Game, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hockey is back in full force and we're happy for it. Um, why don't we start with just, uh, I have a couple of Kings questions, uh, just some off season and kind of looking ahead to expectations for the Kings for this season. Uh, and then we can get to uh, some wild questions after that. And then we will dive into the matchup a little bit uh, in the final segment here today. So my first question is with things going back to the Pacific division, it seems pretty likely that Vegas will get the top spot. Edmonton probably gets that second spot. Are the Kings going to be fighting for that uh, final playoff spot or a wild card spot this season? I think I think it's more realistic to say fighting for a wild card spot. Um, I mean, the Pacific is sort of a tire fire. Like no one really, outside of like you said, Vegas and Edmonton, provided that their goaltending doesn't implode, which is possible because it's Mike Smith. Like everything else is sort of a toss up. And so I think that it is possible that the Kings are in the picture for maybe the wild card, or it's going to become one of those terrible scenarios where like the central sends five teams and the Pacific is just like, well, here you go. <laughs> um, you know, do the like analysts and fancy stats models agree with that? No, but I, I I'm holding out hope that they can at least be in the conversation for one of those last spots. Um, one of the other key things we've seen it uh, already for uh, a few teams uh, this season is uh, is injuries in the preseason that are going to have major impact 
um, on the uh, on the start of the season. And on that front, um, any any lingering injuries or or any injuries that are going to kind of carry over into the season that will majorly impact the Kings. So everyone was, I'll say was, healthy to start the season. Um, you know, a couple of guys, Dustin Brown, Jonathan Quick, both had uh, surgeries in the offseason to correct kind of like longstanding issues that they finally decided to stop playing through. Um, and so everyone was healthy and ready to go. Um, and then everything sort of started to fall apart once training camp started because Andreas Athanasiu, who had been a good depth option for the Kings, he got hurt early on in training camp and is still out. Um, and then the big one is in the Kings next to last preseason game, uh, Quentin Byfield, who yep. was of course the number two pick uh, the other year uh, and had been basically poised and ready to take a spot on opening night. Uh, he broke his ankle in, in a, just a freak play. It wasn't, you know, it's not malicious. It wasn't like he wasn't targeted. He just fell wrong and his ankle did a thing ankles aren't supposed to do. Um, and so that immediately just sort of, put a big damper on the beginning of the season because he was in that game having what I thought was his best game of the preseason. And I had gone from being someone who was kind of advocating more for maybe he does need more time in the AHL. I want to see him taking on, you know, top minutes there uh, to being like, you know what? No, I think he can, I think he can do this in the NHL and just do it now and throw him in and see what happens. And then, you know, now he's out. And that of course throws a little bit of a wrench in the depth for the King center position um, because that you know, he was expected to be there. And now, you know, things are a little, a little rocky. Um, they've also had other injuries to kind of depth secondary players. Uh, Elias Anderson has a lower body injury that he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, he had been doing really well on the line that he was on. Uh, so that's a little bit disappointing. Olimata is hurt. I, always forget that he's there so that's not too big of a deal but um it, quentin byfield's really the big one because people were so excited about getting to see him uh take an nhl spot and instead we have to wait at least probably six weeks maybe more uh for him to make his debut that uh that perfectly segues into my next question which is for the uh the wild fans uh, listening to this show the beginner's guide to the la kings who are some of the names to keep an eye on this season when these two teams match up past this first uh, run-in of the season? Who are some of the uh, the big names for Wild fans to keep an eye on uh, and check in on throughout the season? Um, so obviously there's kind of the returning group of core veterans. It, it's been whittled down over the years, and now looking at the Cup teams, the only guys who are back are Andre Kopitar, uh, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, and Jonathan Quick. So they're all still there. Uh, and everyone else has been jettisoned to other teams. Um, one of the big names, I think, to keep an eye out for, uh, who is someone who is new to really anyone, Kings fan or not, is a guy named Vladimir Kachev. Uh, he is a, a winger who came out of the KHL. Uh, he is no Kirill Kaprizov, but he <laughs> is uh, already looking to provide kind of a creativity and, and a scoring spark that the Kings haven't really seen in you know their sort of middle six in quite some time uh and he has already been doing really well in the preseason uh has scored some crucial goals getting good chemistry with his line mates and looks like someone who you know could kind of play up and down the lineup so i'm really excited to see what he does in uh in regular season games he's been paired on a on a line with gabe velarde who had kind of a rough season last year and i think took a lot of the criticism to heart 
uh, because he has looked like a different player in the preseason so far uh, and has looked really motivated, I think, to kind of quiet all those doubters. So I would say watch out for them. Uh, the blue line is kind of what it is. Uh, it's not the greatest. Uh, Mikey Anderson is someone who played all season last year next to Drew Doughty uh, and looks to be continuing to do that. He's more of a kind of stay-at-home defenseman, uh, which is great to pair him with Doughty so he can just go do his own thing. Uh, but Mikey Anderson himself has said, hey, he wants to get involved in the play more. And even in the preseason, uh, has been kind of jumping up and making some creative plays that we wouldn't have seen from him before. So I'd keep an eye out for him as well. All right, perfect. Uh, tell you what, let's uh, let's shift and uh, I'll let give you the opportunity to ask some Wild-related questions. Uh, our crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On LA Kings continues next. BetOnline.ag is back and they are better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that welcome bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Continuing our crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On LA Kings. Again, thank you for making both Locked On Wilds and Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. Seth and Sarah hanging out here uh, to gear up for the matchup between the Wild and the Kings coming up on Saturday. Sarah will shift it to Wild questions. So if you have any burning Wild questions, I am all ears. All right. So number one, just tell me, what was the big sigh of relief? How did it feel <laughs> whenever Kaprizov finally signed his deal and did not abscond to the KHL again or anything like people had thought? Just what, what's that feeling like? Well, I will uh, I'll put it to you this way. I was in such a rush to get that locked on now done that I did not realize that I only had three dollars in my wallet in which I was going to attempt to make it rain and you can't really do that with uh, with three dollars. I mean, no, you it, can. It, it just yeah, it's rough. No, I had uh, I had plenty of people that were like three bucks. Really? Like, sorry, I, I, I had to work with what I had at the time. Um, it's just amazing how much that shifted. Once the contract was signed, there was just this in- intense feeling of relief. Um, both sides seem really, really happy with it. And uh, you went from just this huge point of contention to the point where we we're starting to get the sense that uh, both sides had maybe broken talks off completely and mm-hmm. that this was going to get super ugly and was going to drag on into and through the season uh, up until the, uh, I think there was a deadline for him to sign by, I believe it was December 3rd. It felt like for a while that it was going to go all the way up until the 23rd hour mm-hmm. before anything would have gotten done. And at that point, 
if it got to where it was ugly enough that they had broken off talks, probably not going to be anything more than like a two-year deal to get him through his restricted free agent years, and then he would leave. Or he could have asked for a trade. Any, any of those possibilities seemed like they were all on the table at that point. And then all of a sudden, he mysteriously showed up in Florida, <laughs> it, much to the surprise of basically everybody in the state of Minnesota, everybody in the hockey world, to, uh, to be more specific. He signs. Him and Bill Guerin cracked a bunch of jokes at the press conference. And now it's just, all right, we're past it. We got it done. And now we can focus on winning a bunch of games this year, getting through the lean years of the Prezi and Suter buyouts, and after that, building up a super team and going and winning a Stanley Cup. And that feels great to have those be the only things that we're worried about. And, uh, yeah, I just I'm, I am pumped for the season now that uh, Kirill is signed and that's all done. Well, that leads pretty nicely into another question that I had, which is about those buyouts. And we all know that there is a looming um, catastrophe uh, that's going to... Oh, I like that. <laughs> uh-huh, I, I just came up with it right now. Uh, that's that's going to kind of kick in for the Wild in a couple of years. So how, how does that change the picture for the Wild? It seems like the, these kind of years are more about growing the team and letting, uh, you know, to see which youth are ready to come up and make a difference. Is that really kind of the path, the path the wild are on that, you know, whatever success they have is just an added bonus right now. I think so. I think this year is going to be a, let's try to take advantage of the chaos year because, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't want to make too much of a deal, a big deal about it, but at the same time, everybody going back to the regular NHL schedule you don't have the luxury of, as as you guys saw last year, you don't have the the luxury of just taking on a team eight times and, mm-hmm. and beating up on them two or three games in a row. That is all gone. So it's full road trips, full slate of opponents, and I think there's a sense that it's going to impact a lot of teams. And... That could lead to a situation where the Wild are able to just kind of crawl up out of the pile and maybe make a sneaky... I think they'll make the playoffs anyway this year, but a sneaky, deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, Colorado is a wild card to me. There are a lot of people that say Darcy Kemper is better than Philip Grubauer. Grubauer won a ton of games. I just get the sense that if Kemper goes bad, he's going to go very bad and that then Colorado is not a lock to win the division I don't think because you can't win you can't win game six to five every night you just can't um so I I feel like there's a sense of if if the chaos fully fully blossoms that the wild could take advantage of that and um and maybe make a little bit of a run Beyond that, next year, the, uh, the, the dead cap hits start to, to bloom. Two years from now, they are massive. And so I think this year, in terms of bringing up the young guys, there's a, a hesitancy to do it just because next year, two years from now, three years from now, they're going to all be vital. And so if you can get those guys on those entry-level deals – 
that don't kick in necessarily until they uh, they break the NHL roster. You got those guys for three years, and you can basically just say, "Look, you're start you're playing the whole year that you just, you're just getting a spot." So then, once the cap hits shrink back down to minimal, then Bill Guerin can go to Kirill Kaprizov and say, "Beckman's a stud, Rossi's a stud, Matt Boldy's a stud, Marat Hustendinov is a stud." You may have a fully fleshed out top six with those guys to where then you can say they're making next to nothing and we have a chance to go out and get like two nine million a year players impact guys Mm -hmm. maybe on the defense maybe a goalie at that point although they got one of those two and Jesper Wallstad (laughs) so he could be a force at that point too it's honestly it's just like this is going to be fascinating to see play out because there's a huge chance that even if a handful of these guys hit, this team is going to have a ton of money to spend and they're really not going to have a whole lot of needs. So I'm like, this is going to be just fascinating to see this play out. It is going to be fun. I have, before we get into the head head to head uh, nonsense between us. I did have one question from a uh, listener slash friend of mine who is a uh, longtime Nick Bugstad fan, which ah. is maybe a bit random, but uh, always love the story of the uh, good local boy who comes home. Uh, so her question was generally, how is Nick Bugstad doing? But we can also look at in general, what is the depth like of the wild? Uh, what is the roster look like past Kaprizov who is doing things other than him well it's it's a great question I'll do I'll hit the the Bugstad portion first because then that'll kind of tie into the depth portion um gonna be fun to see Bugstad this year he has been um he was last year a a portion of the widely rated one of the best fourth lines in the entire NHL and Bugstad did that coming off of an injury so we saw a lot of up and down with Bugstead last year and just trying to get himself right, trying to get back to playing shape. Uh, he had some injuries that he uh, dealt with during the season too. By all accounts, fully healthy heading into this season. And so you've got him. You also have Matt Zuccarello who led the NHL or was tied for the lead in assists in the preseason somehow. Like just was just made a point to assist on every goal the team scored, <laughs> which is great. But he's going to be going into the season fully healthy by all accounts, and you know he had a great chemistry with uh, Nico Sturm, who's going to be his fourth line center. And they're going to uh, they're going to have the guy who won the final spots for the uh, the Wild roster this year, and Brandon Duhame, who is a burner. And so Bugstad is going to get the benefit of having two speed guys on the line with him, which will lead to some opportunities for him, you know, to be in the right place at the right time, right around the net and uh, cash in on a few tap-ins. Honestly, I think he's, you know, he's a good veteran fit for this team. And uh, I'm really excited to see what he has now that he's distanced himself from the surgery that he had Mm -hmm. before last season. Uh, Now that he has put some distance between himself and that surgery, uh, I think he's going to have a pretty good year. In terms of the uh, the depth for the team, of course, you've got Kirill Kaprizov. He's now got a better center on the line with him in Jewel Erickson-Eck, who also signed a long-term deal this year. 
So that top line of Kaprizov, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, and Matt Zuccarello is going to be a pretty fun one to watch. Um, also got Kevin Fiala, who scored 20 goals last year in just 50, I think it was 51 games. Um, gifted scorer. Been in the league seven years, and he's 24. It's like, What? <laughs> Come on. So yeah, it feels like he's been here forever. It, it does. Like his Nashville career feels like a completely different mm-hmm. player, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. But, you know, you got him uh, who will be the uh, the second biggest scoring threat on this team and is capable of, uh, of carrying the team on any given night. Um, you've got that fourth line that I talked about that is immensely fun. Um, that's going to be a fun lineup to watch. And of course, you got the guys on the defense that are really not talked about enough in Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen. Those guys do not get nearly enough credit for what they do on a nightly basis. Um, so this is going to be, you know, th- this team really kind of captured the national media's attention. And you've got guys like Dom at the Athletics saying, hey, this team is really fun, which was great for me because this wild team has always been known as like kind of a grit and grind like mm-hmm. score three, give up two, score two, give up one. Mm-hmm. Now they can get you five. They can get you six. Yeah. Um, they beat the Avalanche in one game, eight to three last year. <laughs> so it's just, it's a fun team that's going to score a lot of goals. They score quickly. And um, I, you know, I, I think second place in the, uh, in the central is not even close to out of the realm of possibility. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm fully in, and I think this team's just going to be super fun again to watch. Nice, I love it. We'll tell you what uh, we will take a look at the head-to-head between these two teams coming up on Saturday with our final segments. The Locked On Wild and Locked On LA Kings crossover continues next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And RockAuto.com's prices are reliably low for every customer. So head to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Lockdown in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All at rockauto.com. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on LA Kings. Seth and Sarah hanging out uh, with you, gearing up for the first matchup of the year between the Wild and the Kings coming up on Saturday. And it will be very interesting because one of the things I was hoping to avoid this season was a lot of West Coast games, and the Wilds get two of them right off the bat. So uh, super excited for that. But, um, you know, it's going to be fascinating because, yes, the Wild did end up winning more games head-to-head between these two teams last year. 
but it was by a very thin margin. I believe it was either one or two goals was the mm-hmm. difference between these two teams. So even though the Wild ended up having a hugely successful year last year, Kings gave him some trouble. Yeah, and I remember that a handful of those games, too, were overtime games. So, you know, those are games, once you hit overtime, it could have gone either right. way. Uh, and I, I believe that the Kings and the, the Wild opened the season uh, with two games you know, right next to each other where each team gave up like a two or three goal lead or something. So I, I feel like the last season, our teams were poised to hate each other from the very beginning. <laughs> um, and I, I am not sad that we don't have to see the Wild eight times again this year. I don't like whenever there was the whole like, is Kaprizov going to sign again? Is he not going to sign? I was like, if this guy goes back to the KHL after one season, and that one season was in the weird divisions where we had to see him eight times. I'm going to be furious. So I am <laughs> glad that he's back. A, because he's good for the game. He's fun to watch. And B, because it means that like it won't just be my team that has been <laughs> destroyed by him. Everyone will get a chance to see it. Yeah, I think I got messages from everybody in the West Division after the realignment saying, <laughs> thanks, but we're not going to miss Kirill. And I'm like, hey, yeah. that's fine. I get that. Yeah. Um, he, in fact, I don't know. Let's see how quickly I can do this here because, um, he had some absolute, just massive numbers, uh, against, uh, everybody in the division. So again, this is right on the fly and I'm just going to quickly do this as quickly as possible. Um, because, you know, he just, he dominated, uh, pretty much every team. So here we go. The LA Kings in eight games. Six goals, three assists, and nine points in eight games. I hate that. I mean, good good for him, but I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. So, obviously, you know, when we look at the head-to-head between these two teams, that's the number one goal for uh, for the Kings coming in Mm -hmm. is how do you stop – how do you stop Kirill the Thrill? I I prefer Dalla Bill Kirill as opposed to Krill the Thrill – because yeah. I feel like we are very much entrenching on Phil Kessel territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And so, like, the Kirill the Thrill nickname came about last year, and I'm like, hmm. That's already taken. This, this makes me uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> we, have to, we have to do something else. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights kind of came up with the idea for how – it can be done. So I can espionage a little bit into what to do to stop Kirill Kaprizov. And it involves not one defenseman, not two defensemen, but also a forward. Basically, you just have to devote a ton of attention to him at all times because he motors all the time. He's skating around the, uh, when he doesn't have the puck, he's skating around the, the perimeter of the zone almost constantly trying to find an opening, just basically trying to pull attention from the opponent. And so it's much like in football, having a devoted cornerback to a top wide receiver. Mm -hmm. You just have to have a guy that keys in on and just tries to make life miserable. And there, another thing that Vegas tried to do, and this is not going to be as easy this year, was just tried to be super physical because mm-hmm. last year Victor Rask was the top center and he's not a super physical player. 
You now have on that top line one of the most pesky defensive centers in the NHL in Jewel Erickson Eck. And so any directed physicality toward Kirill Kaprizov is going to be met almost mm-hmm. immediately. And so it's it's a tall task, but if Vegas did it, other teams are going to be able to do it this year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how, especially for – um, you know, for games where the Kings get the last change and they get to kind of pick their own ma- like matchups, how how they line up against against Kaprizov because with the addition of Phil Deneau, you now have your top two centers who are very good defensively. You know, Kopitar and Deneau, a one-two hit of them is just you know, I think Mark Stone is already having nightmares about it because of. <laughs> his memories from the playoffs and everything, which is great. That's one of the big reasons the Kings went out and, and got Phil to know is, you know, we all know that the path to any playoff success in the Pacific has to run through Vegas and who had more success against shutting them down and shutting down their top scorers than Phil to did with the Canadians, you know? Um, but, but so with your top two lines being way more defensively responsible, the wild might want to try to get Kaprizov out against like the Kings third line, which is fun to watch because they're good at scoring, but they get caved in every night in the preseason defensively. Uh, So watching for that matchup is going to be interesting to see is he, is he out against a line that can neutralize him or is he going to get, you know, free roam to do what he wants because no one knows how to play defense, which is possible. (laughs) You know, looking at this matchup, I don't know what it is, but it seems like the Wild have had issues with veteran goalies that have had their number in the past. And, you know, Jonathan Quick didn't win a whole lot of games against the Wild last year, but he had good numbers. One of those wins was a shutout um, Mm -hmm. early in the season, and that was, I think, right before everything broke with uh, with this team. They got COVID and were Mm-hmm. on the on the bench for two weeks um i i don't know what it is but i i'm just i'm concerned about jonathan quick because it feels like and this is a thing that i think the wild struggle with if you don't get to a goalie right away they mm-hmm. get that confidence going and then all of a sudden you're trying in the second and third period to get shots past them and you just can't so you know looking at this from the wild perspective to the kings I am concerned about whether or not the Wild are going to be able to crack the uh, the Jonathan Quick experiment um, <laughs> early on in this game, because if not, it could be a very long night. Yeah, which is interesting thinking of it from the Kings' perspective, because the Kings fans' biggest worry or complaint is, did the Kings get scored on first? Which the answer is almost <laughs> always yes. And even in the preseason, uh, you know, Whichever goalie was in, whether it was Quick or Peterson, you know, you're three minutes into the first period and the other team scores and you're like, well, here we go again. So, you know, if there is a secret for the Wild, it is to crack things early. And and the Kings, at least in the preseason, have shown more of a penchant for actually coming back, uh, which isn't something that they did a lot last year. A lot of times once they got behind, it was that was it. Uh, So it doesn't necessarily spell disaster for the Kings, but they do have a habit of letting up that first goal of not really being prepared to play from, from the first puck drop. Um, as to which goalie you'll face, uh, it's up in the air. You may get Cal mm. Peterson, um, who Todd McClellan has basically said that for right now, he's splitting starts between them. 
because he wants one of them to seize control of the net. Sure. Clearly, Jonathan Quick wants to still be the starter. Cal Peterson needs to be the starter. Um, But if Quick outplays him, you know, Todd McClellan's going to keep playing Jonathan Quick. So you, you may get Peterson just as part of that rotation. Sure. Uh, and in which case he basically is Jonathan Quick, only less prone to giving me anxiety. He usually doesn't lose his net quite as often as Quick does, but um, it's still the same issue with either of them of get to them early because yeah. that then everything just sort of gets a little hectic. I think from the wild side, it'll probably be Capo Kakinen because mm-hmm. first two games of the season, a back-to-back, you're not going to go with mm-hmm. your starting goalie, Cam Talbot, two nights in a row. Right. So probably Capo Kakinen, and you know he was another guy who feasted off of West Division opponents last mm-hmm. year. And so does he do it again, or does he do kind of what he did in the preseason where he didn't really look that good? Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Yeah, yeah. we'll so, see. Um, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap things up for this crossover episode? If you could somehow make it so Kaprizov doesn't get on the bus or something, <laughs> like I'd be cool. Um, I'll, you know, who, who do I have to send money to? No, I, I think it's going to be fun. Um, and like I said, Kaprizov, I hate playing against him, but he is so fun to watch. And as someone, you know, based in the Midwest who has a lot of friends who are Wild fans, you know, I'll, I'll say that I think it's really exciting to see Wild fans get so pumped up about about this and to have mm-hmm. hope for that that team going forward. So. Uh, you know, looking at it as a neutral party, I think it's really cool. Looking at it as a Kings fan, I'm like, oh, let's just get this one over with. <laughs> I am hoping that this is not another win where the Wild get outstatted. And I will tell you what I mean because that's something I'm going to be charting this year. Is I saw way too much last year where the Wild got outshot, outhit, mm-hmm. um, every stat you can think of. And somehow still won. And so I'm like, that's not sustainable, is it? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Do they... Well, see, with, with, with the Kings, we call that the moral victory. We're very <laughs> familiar with the, the flip side of that, of we outshot the other team, we had better possession, all of our number, more high danger chances, and then just couldn't score. So, you know, we're used to that from the other side. And, you know, from a, the Kings perspective... You know, when I talk about things that I want to see out of this year, I'm like, moral. we need to be done with the moral victories. Like, yeah. that was okay while we were still kind of playing just, you know, Kopitar and a bunch of dudes. Um, but it's it's time to actually start making those real victories. But I, I, I know that scenario very well just from the losing side. <laughs> yeah, locked on, outstatted wins. Well, Sarah, thank you for joining for this crossover episode. And uh, fans of both Locked on Wild and Locked on LA Kings, thank you for making our shows your first listen every day. Now that you are on to your second listen, make sure to check out Locked on NHL for a look at everything going on throughout the league now that we are fully rolling here this season. Uh, a great spot to get uh, every bit of information uh, about everybody throughout the NHL. So make sure that that is listen number two for today. Make sure to follow both Locked On Wild and Locked On LA Kings wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find new episodes every Monday through Friday for both shows as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.